Welcome in Miami Dolphins fans. My name is Tyler Moss, the host of the New Beginnings podcast here, uh, Miami Dolphins podcast, NFL podcast, and can you smell it? Because I can. I can smell it. And it is the P word, the playoffs word. And I'm not going to just, you know, I'm not going to be unrealistic and sit up here and say, uh, you know, that they're definitely going to do that or that's a possibility because the odds are still very much against this team to really be able to have a shot at making the playoffs. But they have at this point, put themselves in a very good position uh, to at least get back in the running for it. Uh, it it's, it's hard to start the year 1-7 and seven and really think that you're going to have a realistic chance to come back and make the playoffs. But uh, from where we are right now, uh, from the immediate games that are ahead of this team, and, you know, they're, they're really going to have themselves in a position where they're going to have a chance to control their own destiny, and that's... It's a position that these Miami Dolphins have been in countless times over the last 20 years, and we have seen them uh, time and time again fail whenever it comes to that. We've seen this team um, be able to win win the last game of the season, and, and you're in the playoffs, to win one of the last two games of the season, and you're in the playoffs, and they've failed in, on those times. So uh, this task right here in front of us is going to be even harder uh, because they're going to have to not necessarily win out, um, but they're going to have to win some games, and there's not a lot of room for error. But um, at least from what we have seen from this team during this four-game winning streak, uh, they have been playing like a completely new team. And uh, we'll go ahead and get into that today. We're going to talk about uh, the the big win against the Carolina Panthers and uh, be looking ahead to the Giants and to the Jets and what 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 the future may hold for this team. But to kind of recap a little bit, I, I did not get on and have an episode during the week of Thanksgiving. Um, so I didn't get to talk about the win against the Jets or kind of preview the game leading in against the Panthers. Uh, and, you know, enjoying time with the family and just got a little bit busy and didn't have time to sit down. But uh, I, I looked forward to, you know, watching the game and, and plan to come back and, and recap that Panthers game because... Um, honestly, whenever uh, this team played the Jets, it was it was a decently ugly game for the most part. Uh, the defense has still looked very good. Um, they've looked like a, a top-tier defense in this league, and they're giving a lot of teams uh, a lot of fits, a lot of trouble. And um, I, I honestly will get into it, but I don't think this week is, is going to be too different, or the next couple weeks, really. But the, the offense has, has come a long way. But during, during this game during the, uh, against the Jets uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, the offense struggled a little bit during the middle part of the game. And that was kind of the, the story that's been going on um, as far as the offense goes, is that they've been able to, to play decent in the, the first and fourth quarters of the game. Uh, but the second and third quarters, they have, uh, they have definitely struggled to... Uh, to get points on the board, they've had you know they, they've had drives stall out a lot. They've had issues with penalties, uh, turnovers, whatever you want to call it. But during during that middle portion of the game, which is extremely critical to it to either uh, take the lead in the game, to uh, extend your lead in the game, uh, they they really haven't been able to do that, and they've been able to to keep things a little too close for comfort. Um, but but it, it was it was good to see them finish out that game and stay alive. Uh, the as far as the last two weeks putting them together uh, with the, the Panthers game and the Jets game, I mean, my goodness, this defense, the, some of the players on this defense, especially the rookies, 
that have that have come alive. I mean, we I talked about it uh, during my last podcast uh, recently here, and we've talked about these players this year quite a bit, whether it be Jalen Phillips or Javon Holland. But my goodness, both of these guys are playing like Pro Bowl caliber type of players. I mean, they are affecting the game uh, in a big way uh, with, with with turnovers, with sacks, with pressures. Uh, and it's it's been a very exciting thing to watch. It's very very nice to see these uh, these rookies. Which Javon Holland not necessarily as much of a slow start. He was splitting some uh, some reps and some time with uh, with McCordy and and uh, Brandon Jones, some other people that were working in the safety position. But uh, he's really taken a stranglehold of that position uh, in in the games as of late, and has really just excelled at everything. You could tell he's got a grasp of of uh, this defense and the concepts and um, I mean really he, he looks like a, a veteran leader on the field and I think he's going to take that uh, the place of you know kind of Bobby McCain and, and that was the big deal whenever Bobby was was uh, was let go uh, was that the the leadership that he brought because Bobby McCain was was absolutely a big leader on this team um, Eric Rowe was as well and I think Eric Rowe has done a very good job with working with Javon Holland and the two of them uh, really do a great job of, of of seeing the offenses and being able to to get help get players in the right position or or, or uh, let other players know what they're seeing and uh, the communication's been great um, they have really uh, found their identity in this zero blitz kind of concept. Um, during the Panthers game, you know, they mixed it in quite a bit, but certainly not as much as we saw against the Jets. But that was, you know, certainly by design. You can't zero blitz uh, a, a better team, uh, which the Panthers certainly are, uh, over and over and expect them not to get you every once in a while. And that's, that's kind of what happened with that uh, long pass by Cam Newton to DJ Moore for 60, I want to say it was 64 yards, I think. Uh, but, uh, you know, that was one where he just ran right past uh, Xavier Howard and, and, and Byron Jones was, was trailing him as well to get the tackle there. But uh, that was about the extent of the offense for, for Carolina that day. Uh, Christian McCaffrey... You know, had had some decent runs, but then went out with the ankle injury, and he's now going to be missing the rest of the year. Um, so that was that's a huge loss for them. And uh, you know, they they you know after he went out, they really weren't able to get a running game going. Uh, Cam Newton continues to look like a shell of himself. And uh, even I, I'm I've said it for a while, and I said it whenever he was back with the Patriots, and that's you know he is he is done. I mean, I there is no way to come back from what we have seen, um, whether it be with the Patriots or now going to the Panthers, his play has just been extremely poor. And, uh, he, you know, his ability to run the ball is still pretty good because he's very athletic. You know, he's got great size. Um, he's a veteran savvy guy. But as far as his arm talent, his accuracy and his arm, I mean, his arm strength isn't too bad because he's very strong. But his accuracy has is, is just been absolutely abysmal. And decision-making ability to read the uh, the defenses and, and and all of that has just been a huge struggle for him. So I, I wasn't extremely worried going into the Panthers game. I thought this was a game that that the Dolphins could win, and honestly, I felt like they should win. Um, but it all really came down to the defense being able to continue to play like they have and uh, being able to stop Christian McCaffrey because if if Christian McCaffrey is running for over a hundred yards, catching a bunch of balls. It's not really going to matter if Cam Newton's not, you know, not very, not very good anymore, because they've got a guy like Christian McCaffrey that can 
get 200 yards from scrimmage and multiple touchdowns and change the course of a game by himself. Uh, he's certainly a, a, an amazing talent. And, um, and so, I mean, it was very nice to see the defense step up and, and shut down Cam Newton, get him benched. That was a very, a very happy moment, I'm sure, for all of us. Um, I, it certainly was for me. I was very happy to see that. Uh, but but uh, the Miami offense, though, going over to the offense, it was a big surprise during this Panthers game. They, they put up almost uh, four quarters of, of, of great play. Um, still a few issues here and there. Austin Jackson struggling a decent amount. Um, you could see the frustration from Tua a couple of times um, from from that offensive line and the struggles that they continue to have, whether it be penalties or just poor poor blocking, uh, not able to to open up running lanes quite that much. They did a little they did a little better job of opening up running lanes in the Panthers game, um, but but the, the offensive line is still is still struggling very very much, and the, you saw some mishaps on the. Uh, uh, the snapping of the football to Tua a couple of times. Uh, the frustration came out from Tua there, spiking the ball down. And uh, it, it came at some pretty inopportune moments. So the couple of times they had bad snaps and uh, they, they would be just on the other side of the 50-yard line. They'd be driving to score. And uh, whenever these things would happen, they'd knock them out of field goal range. So that's something they're really going to have to clean up. Uh, we, we've seen that quite a bit here lately in a lot of games lately uh, with the... Uh, with the uh, the offensive line causing this team to stall out on the other side of the 50-yard line whenever you're in field goal range and, and hopefully trying to get a touchdown. Um, but but all in all, uh, Tua had a, a really good game. Um, there's been a lot of talk over this week about you know how he's reached his first 16 games of being a starter. And, and what all of those metrics are, and what the what the stats are, and how you know it looks it looks pretty good with everything together over his first 16 starts in the NFL. Um, stat wise, he's a above average quarterback. Uh, his first 16 games are higher than uh, Kyler Murray's first 16 games, and that certainly doesn't mean that he's better than Kyler Murray, <laughs> but it means that. It means that he's certainly elevated his play to a very good level, and, and we're seeing the accuracy. Uh, we're seeing the athleticism, uh, being able to roll out, and we're starting to see the uh, the big plays, the big plays over the middle, the deep plays. We see mixed in, and I think as time goes on, we're going to see more of those. I'm hoping by the end of the year, or or very very soon, would would be the best uh, to see a lot more of these big plays start to hit, and I think that's going to be the case. I think. Uh, this offense is really starting to, to mesh together a little bit, starting to get a little bit more comfortable and familiar with each other. Uh, and part of that has just been the kind of merry-go-round that, that this team has had with, with wide receivers, you know, being out with injury and, and all of that. It's been hard to find consistency on who two has actually been throwing the ball to, and that's been going on since he's been here. Um, so we're seeing a lot more comfortability, especially with Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle had an amazing game. Uh, over 100 yards, had a touchdown, and I believe it was nine catches. So, I, I mean, th- this was really the coming out game. This was the t- this was the game that we needed to see to make sure you were, we're going to have the guy that can get over the 100 yards, get the touchdown, and, and I think we're going to see some more big games from him going forward. We saw some uh, some decent running, uh, a decent running game from the Miami Dolphins uh, in this game against the Panthers. Um we didn't talk about it to this point, but the the, the Miami Dolphins signed Philip Lindsay, who was who was released uh, by the Texans, 
And uh, I was, honestly, I'm, I'm going to say I was very excited about this. Philip Lindsay is somebody that I've actually talked about in the past on this podcast uh, about who I was hoping that the Dolphins would, would possibly try to target. And that was back whenever he was with the Broncos. But this is a guy who runs really hard. This is a guy who is a hard worker. He fits in with everything that, uh, that falls in line with what Brian Flores teaches as a head coach about working hard, about the grind. Um, and, and I think he is a very, very good fit for this team and for this, uh, for this backfield, you know. Um, having having him paired up with someone like Miles Gaskin, who's a very good pass catcher, then then I mean, there's the there's a lot more that you can do with that. And we saw him get a handful of carries in this game, and he looked pretty good. So I, I think going forward, we're going to see a lot more Philip Lindsay mixed in. Um, ideally, if I had to, if I was kind of making up what what you know what would be happening with the team. Um, I think the ideal situation would be to have Philip Lindsay be your first and second down back, uh, other than possibly passing situations where you might work uh, Miles Gaskin in. But if he was the first, second down type of running back through there, where you can where you can guarantee that four plus yards hard runner, put his head down and, and get up in there, um, then you know your third down back will be Miles Gaskin, or like I said before, on passing play, certain situations on on the field depending on where you're at. Uh, but mixing them, mixing them, and using them together, we've seen plenty uh, around the league how how situations like that have worked. Whether it be uh, uh, with the San Francisco 49ers with Elijah Mitchell and and the medley of running backs that they use there, um, the uh, the Seattle Seahawks are, are a similar one that do do that kind of style, and, and there's plenty of others. Uh, but you know, I, I was a big advocate this last off season for the. For the every down back, the Najee Harris, and that's why I was a huge advocate for trying to uh, draft him. But they didn't go that route, and so if if you're not going to go that route, you might as well strengthen up your committee. If you're going to say we're not going to have a elite stud running back in our backfield, then you mix it in with as many skill guys that are good at the different things as you can. And I think that they've done that, and they've really. Um, they've really kind of completed this backfield with Philip Lindsay for now. We'll see if they address it in the offseason or, or exactly what they're going to plan on doing. Uh, I, I believe I believe Philip Lindsay is 27, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if so, there's a possibility they could they could keep him for next year and run it back with Miles Gaskin and Philip Lindsay. And uh, if if Lindsay comes out and has a very good end of season here, then I think that wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, but but it's certainly a position that they're going to be exploring as well, whether they want to try to to get a rookie in with the draft and, and bring them up, or or you know maybe maybe they clear out a few guys out of that backfield and, and take somebody out of free agency. So, but that, that's that's quite a ways away. Uh, but but just kind of talking about Philip Lindsay, definitely excited about that and thought he looked really good. So I'm I'm uh, I think going forward we're going to see some good things from him. As far as Tua goes. Uh, we, I, I've talked about how much of an uphill battle it possibly can be for him to establish himself as the, the guy who's going to be the future of this team. Um, I think he's done a pretty good job of it so far here recently. You know, these, these last four games, you get four wins. Uh, the, the accuracy, the, the decision-making, everything has been pretty good. So... I think if we finish out this year and he keeps going, whether they make the playoffs or not, um, I don't think is going to be a factor in that. 
just because, I mean, it's going to be a long shot for them to do so anyway. But I, I think that if you finish the year strong and he, he keeps playing like he has the last couple few weeks, then he's put himself in a good position then to stay on this team and, and, and be the guy. Um, you're going to see in the offseason, I, I don't know where they're going to go as far as Deshaun Watson is concerned. Um, I think that if Tua plays very well, what it would do is if you know you get to the off season and you go into negotiations with the Texans, um, you're gonna you're gonna just say, hey, like this is what we'll give you, kind of take it or leave it. And there's some other teams that'll probably be willing to pay more than what the Dolphins are, and I say let them have it because giving up all of all of that capital that it would take to get him, I think, is going to be it's, it's a huge risk. And it's something that could set your team back a lot. And I, if if they're going to go the veteran route, I would rather them see. I would rather see them try to uh, bring in Aaron Rodgers or someone like that. Because then, I mean, if you're going to keep two on the team and you bring in Aaron Rodgers on a one-year deal or something like that, yeah, is it good for Tua's confidence? Probably not. Um, so I'm not going to pretend like you know, pretend like that's the best situation. Is oh yeah, we've got Tua as the backup. That's great. Well, it's not great because you drafted him number five overall to be the uh, to be the guy to be your your franchise quarterback for the future. Um, but if they do decide to bring in another quarterback, is all I'm saying, that that I would prefer them to take the route of looking at Aaron Rodgers, where, yeah, it's going to cost you some money, um, but probably not going to cost you, you know, your entire future like Deshaun Watson would, just because of the age difference. And, and Rodgers is still very good, very good, plays very well, and, and would be able to come down as a veteran presence and then lead this team, so... Um, but the ideal situation for me is for, for Tua to stay, um, to end up being the extremely accurate, prolific type of quarterback that we all saw from Alabama. And I think that we're seeing glimpses of it right now. Uh, but we're, th- we're, you know, we're through 16 games as a starter. He's had some injuries pile up. Uh, if he can stay healthy, if he can keep elevating his play like he's doing, then we'll uh, we'll see going forward. But we're, we're seeing great things from him right now. And honestly, over the next two weeks, I think we're going to see really uh, more good things from him. Going into the uh, receivers and, and tight ends, uh, you know, we already talked about Jalen Waddle having an amazing game this last week. I'm curious to see if Devontae Parker is going to be back for this game against the New York Giants. Uh, from what I from what I've heard so far, it sounds like it, it's possible that he's going to be back for that game. Uh, Will Fuller does not sound like he's going to be back this week. Uh, Coach Flores said that that you know he's making progress and looking good, but that is not quite ready for. Doesn't look like he's going to be quite ready for this game, uh, which is extremely frustrating. Uh, Will Fuller needs to be on the field. We've got I, I don't know exactly what's going on. Nobody knows exactly what's going on with Will Fuller, uh, but. You know, he gets signed to the team on a one-year, $10 million deal. Um, doesn't come in for, for camp because he's working out in Houston still, is, is what you know what was said. And so he, he does finally come in for training camp. Um, don't hear a lot from him. He's not doing a lot. He's set, setting out. He misses a day for a personal day with a family matter, which is, you know, under, completely understandable. Uh, but then it has a couple of different injuries. And this last one here is supposed to be a finger injury. Uh, but he's missed, I mean, multiple, multiple weeks now. And, you know, we have we have Tua with, with injured ribs and a fractured finger coming into a game and, and leading the Dolphins to a win. So I don't I, I don't really know what's going on with that. But if, if Will Fuller really, truly wants to uh, truly wants to get himself set up to have a good contract, 
I mean, he's going to have to come in and show something. And it could, it could be to the point now where he, he knows that the team, the Dolphins probably aren't going to sign him to a long-term deal because he hasn't done anything for them. He's, we've paid him $10 million to sit on the bench. And so, I mean, there's a chance that he could just kind of uh, linger his injury out basically to the end of the year in hopes to use the unknown factor to get a contract from somewhere else. I don't know if that's the case, but it's to the point now where I'm starting to wonder what's going on. Uh, but we need him out there. We need we need to get need to get these high caliber receivers out there to help Tua out. Um, and I, I think that's going to be a, a huge benefit if we can do so. But having Devontae Parker out there would be very nice for this week, and, and hopefully he's able to get back. And, uh, you know, Mike Gusecki will be out there. Mike Gusecki's been having a, having a little bit of a tough go here lately. It hasn't, hasn't uh, put up as big a numbers here as he was earlier in the year, but uh, part of that is, is due to, at least from what I can see from watching the games, they've, they've really focused on uh, trying to take him away. And, you know, they, they try to do that with Jalen Waddle as well, but he's very fast, and so he's able to, to you know, get open. But uh, especially during that Ravens game when on Thursday Night Football, I, I noticed that the Ravens were really dropping a lot of extra people in, uh, almost double covering him at times. And so they've, they've really tried to take Mike out of the offense, and they've, a lot of teams have done a good job of doing so. Uh, but, he, you know, he's still an elite tight end, in my opinion, a top-five kind of tight end, and I think that hopefully this team gets him signed. Uh, to a long-term deal, uh, and um, uh, really the same can be said about Emmanuel Logba, and he has he's leading the league in, in deflected passes, uh, he's up there in sack totals, I can't remember exactly how high he is on that list, but, uh, but he's up there in sack totals, he's been having a very, very good year, and you know, whenever you have players that are playing like this, they're playing for those contracts, and uh, the longer you wait, usually the more expensive they can get, so... I, I really hope that they can get hopefully both of these players signed because I think they're going to be huge pieces uh, for this defense, for the defense, and for the offense. Um, you know, going forward. But kind of moving on and, and going over to the game ahead, and that's going to be the New York Giants at home against the New York Giants. Um, what I would say was, Dan, you know, Daniel Jones is going to be coming in and talk about him, but I just read this morning. Uh, that it looks like Daniel Jones has uh, has an injury that's still lingering with him, and it's very possible. It looks like that Mike Glennon is going to be starting for the New York Giants. Um, this is this New York Giants team has been just terrorized by injuries and has really struggled this year. They have you know taken a big step back. Uh, Daniel Jones, even whenever he was playing, hasn't looked great. Uh, they paid all of all of that money to Kenny Galladay, and he's been struggling with injury and has not looked very good this year. Um, the bright spot for them has been Kadarius Toney, their, wide receiver, their rookie wide receiver, and he has looked very, very good. He's had some big games, uh, but he too has also struggled with injury, and um, I haven't got an update on him as of right now. I know it was questionable whether, whether he would be playing this weekend, but uh, he's certainly the player to watch. He's got a lot of speed, um, and he's, he has uh, played very well when he's been on the field. Uh, you have to watch out for the running game as well. I haven't checked on uh, uh, Saquon Barkley. He hasn't, you know, his name hasn't come up a whole lot this year. Um, uh, but he, he he missed some time with injury as well. Um, but the last two games he's been back, he's only totaled, I think, 65 yards the last two weeks combined. 
Uh, so he's, he's definitely struggled a lot this year. He had a couple of good games earlier in the year, like at the beginning, but um, the, the Giants have been struggling. A, a lot of it is due to their poor offensive line play. Um, if you want to find a team that possibly has a worse offensive line than the Dolphins, this is one that's at least in the running for it. Uh, so um, this, is, this is a game that the Miami Dolphins should be able to dominate, and it should be starting on the defensive side of the ball. Um, because like I said, with their offensive line not doing very, you know, not doing very good this year, uh, Saquon Barkley struggling with injury and uh, running behind a bad offensive line, and uh, Mike Glennon. I mean, Mike Glennon is a a veteran quarterback, a guy who can sling the ball around, um, but he's certainly not really been a guy who's who should scare you. Um, He's had he's had some big games. You know, you can't take that away from him, whether it was uh, I want to say was he with Chicago and then possibly before that he was with Tampa Bay. I want to say I might be wrong. Uh, with that, but I, I, I certainly remember watching a, a couple of games with him playing where he's been able to put up some big yards. Uh, but but playing against this Miami Dolphins defense, you know the way that they've been playing lately, and the line he's playing behind, I would be shocked if Mike Glennon comes out and, and is able to just torch the Dolphins defense. But they have to be ready for it because with a with a veteran guy with a with a decent arm, you you can't you know you can't take it easy. You can't. Um, think that you're going to play at half speed and because you're playing a bad team and, and be able to win because that's not the case. This team needs to, this Miami Dolphins team needs to play like they're playing against the best team every single week um, if they want to have a shot at getting to the playoffs. Uh, the Giants defense, they've got, they've got a few decent players on that defense, but for the most part they've struggled this year, so I, hopefully uh, the offense is able to you know, sustained drives, and we can see some uh, some more big play out of out of whether it's Tua, um, the running backs, and and probably Jalen Waddle. I would say so. Uh, it'll be exciting to see if the offense can keep up their their momentum that they've kind of been building over the last couple of weeks. And uh, they seem to be going on a little bit of a run. And the 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 rumors were, or what was said, uh, reported was that. Uh, after you know the seven-game losing streak, uh, Brian Flores comes in and says, "This is you know this is the way we're playing isn't the right way to play." Uh, basically gives them, you know, gives them the speech saying, "You guys are controlling it right now. You know everything's out there. We've got to execute better. We've got to, if if you don't turn it around and we don't get a better attitude and a uh, a more winning attitude and come out and play hard, this is how it's going to be, or whatever he did say." Um, the Dolphins listened. The team listened. The players listened. They they turned it around. From that point, they've won four games, and they've looked like a completely different team in in more than just their play on the field. It's been with their with their attitude during the games. Um, during that seven game losing streak, I mentioned during the podcast that uh, that this team didn't play with a lot of uh, a, a lot of energy, a lot of anger, a lot of whatever you want to call it, uh, but. You would see other teams make big plays, and these guys are pumped up. They're fired up. They're really, you know, you see a lot of energy, a lot of emotion, and I just was, I didn't feel like I was seeing that from this team. Um, but these last four weeks, you've been seeing it a lot. You see the players dancing a lot. You see them getting really fired up, and I, I think, I think it's just been kind of a mindset, and that they've they've flipped the switch. Um, and we just have to hope it's not too late. I mean, really, that's what it is. If if you can at least put yourself in a position uh, to go into New Orleans on a Monday night game and be 500 at 7 and 7 you're going to have a chance you you you'll have to 
play a few pretty tough games. You'll have the New Orleans Saints, which isn't going to be a gimme. They're still a very good team, even though their quarterback play has been pretty wishy-washy. Uh, but then you go to Tennessee, which will be the uh, the, the the game against Ryan Tannehill. Um, and I'm not. I think Derrick Henry is out for the year now, and they have not looked good since he's been out. So that should be a pretty competitive game because they still do have a very good team, even if Derrick Henry is not there. Uh, but they do struggle because, I mean, he is that Christian McCaffrey type of guy that, you know, he, he can he can win you a game by himself with just his incredible talent. Um, but then you go into that last game against the Patriots. Uh, it'll be at home. Uh, the The Dolphins have, have beat the Patriots at home a lot over the years. That's been usually the one place where they can get them. Uh, so they've already beat the Patriots once, the first game of the season in Foxborough, which was a really big one, and one that we were all very excited about until they uh, proceeded to lose seven in a row. But but they, they've already seen this Patriots team once. They've seen the success that they've you know started to have ever since then, and they've been having a very a very good season uh, because they have a good team and they're very well coached. And they're they're in a very similar spot as the Miami Dolphins as a team. The two of them are, are extremely similar. They're very well coached, if you want to consider Brian Flores as very, you know, as a good coach, which I do. Uh, but, you know, very well coached teams with, with very good defenses and, uh, you know, not rookie quarterbacks on both sides, but a young quarterback, at least in Tua, and one that we haven't seen a whole lot from due to the injuries and, and everything else. Um, but Mac Jones has been playing pretty well this year. He looks decent. He's he's very accurate. He doesn't throw very deep, you know, very far downfield, and it's a lot of the same stuff that we were hearing about Tua. Um, so they they match up together uh, pretty well. It's gonna be it's gonna be the true offense versus defense type of matchup to where the better defense the, or the defense that plays better and, and and is able to get those turnovers or win the turnover battle. Uh, that's the team that's gonna win this game. It could possibly be a low-scoring game against the Patriots. Uh, I, I think it might be, but we'll we'll cover that more whenever we get there. We got a little while until the last game of the year, um, but just kind of brushing over the games that are to come. Uh, the after this Giants game, that'll hopefully be a victory. Be uh, at home against the Jets, and that should be a very nice game to hopefully go into and dominate in in hopefully show that you've got your offense running on all cylinders at that point going you know before you go into a primetime game uh, against New Orleans which I will be at actually uh, me and my wife will be going down to New Orleans for the Monday night game um, and then I will be going to Tennessee the following week by myself uh, so I, I look forward to watching these games and I really really hope that the Dolphins are able to win the next two because uh, if, if if I'm able to go to uh, these two games and the Miami Dolphins are going into New Orleans with a 7-7 seven and seven record. There's going to be a lot of energy, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement and a lot of hope. Um, so there's plenty to look forward to and there's a lot to be excited about. And regardless of how this team started with the slow start and, and Brian Flores kind of having the, the stigma of having those slow starts during his tenure here in Miami... Um, the the one and seven possibly being the worst of, I, I, even though the team went zero and zero uh, and seven, I believe uh, that first year. But that was a rebuilding year. That's that's a year where you can swallow the zero and seven start. Uh, but the the one and seven start, you know, a couple years into this rebuild is is not what you want to see. But they've done a very good job of turning it around. Um, we've seen a lot of good things. 
And honestly, it really gives me hope that there's better days ahead. So, you know, going into this week against the Giants, I think we need to uh, be very excited. We need to look for the defense to really dominate this game, in my opinion. But um, I think that they certainly have the ability to do that. They've been showing uh, plenty of domination over the last couple few weeks. There's not really much else to talk about right now. Uh, I know that Xavier Howard restructured his contract on Thanksgiving Day, but the Dolphins haven't really done anything with it. I don't know if they used that to uh, some of that. I'm sure is with with uh, with Philip Lindsay. Um, I don't know how money wise. I'm not really sure about all that. But hopefully, some of that's freed up to be able to help with uh, Mike Gesicki and Emmanuel Logba as far as getting them signed for the future. Um, that, that would be my main concern as far as the personnel not, you know, play on the field or the games. But um, I, I, I would certainly like to see them back. Well, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast for today. I hope that you'll all visit the podcast uh, Facebook page, New Beginnings Podcast on Facebook. Feel free to join in, um, share, share the podcast around, uh, visit the page. Send me any questions through a message that you would like to ask me or anything that you would like me to discuss on the show, and I'll be happy to do so. But I will try to come to you next week, and we will talk about the New York Giants win, hopefully, or <laughs> at least the game. And we will look ahead to the Jets and the uh, you know what 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 storylines might be around the league as far as the other teams that are either in the hunt or um, or have a better record than the Dolphins and the AFC and where they might lose and, and, and where the shuffling around of teams may fall between now and then. So, uh, But my name's Tyler Moss, again, host of the New Beginnings Podcast, coming to you from my house, sitting here on my phone. So um, just sitting back, relaxing, and talking about a little bit of Miami Dolphins football. Uh, but I appreciate everybody tuning in. I look forward to seeing you all next week, and good luck to the Dolphins this weekend. Fins up, everybody. Let's go.